Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The recognized symbol of excellence in sports entertainment. Hello and welcome to Arn. This is Paul Bromwell, and as always, I'm joined by the Hall of Famer, the founder of the Four Horsemen, creator of the Spinebuster, our TV champion. And as a reminder from last week's show, this man was over in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. They boo Santa Claus. They don't boo Arn. Boo Arn Anderson. Arn, how are you this week? Yeah, I was a little bit shocked by that. Um, Philly has their own taste and. Uh, their teams and how they support them and uh, that was that was a pleasant surprise i'll take it yeah man listen not only weren't you booed there but rumor has it you weren't booed in knoxville tennessee either this past weekend fill in our fans on how that event went down for you this past weekend fanboy comic-con that was uh knoxville and which is a great city it's a great wrestling town but it's a great sports city as well and you know, they support all their events. They always have. And uh, I guess Saturday was the biggest day for that event that they've ever had. So, mm. man, it was there was a bunch of folks came through there. And, and to your credit, a lot of them said, tell Paul hello. He's doing a great job. Oh, wow. That's awesome, man. Well, uh, you know, listen, I am having a great job and a great time, should I say, uh, doing this with you every single week, reliving your past, and it's an honor for me to be able to do this with you, Arn. So thank you very much for that, and thank you, fans. And I'm glad you're enjoying this as much as I am, walking through uh, Arn's history and legacy and taking this journey with him. Uh, Arn, i got to ask, uh, did anybody get you any Hershey bars while you were in? No. <laughs> All right. Well, let's, they have another shot in Raleigh, North Carolina, because uh, July 28th, 29th, and 30th, you're going to be there, aren't you? Yes, uh, Galaxy Con, I believe yeah. it's called. And, buddy, it is, my God, they have already sold a ton, I mean a ton, of tickets to that thing. It's a, well, it's just a perfect place. It, it sits in a nice area where you can drive to it from most anywhere. And, you know, there's there's a lot of uh, big business in uh, that area, Raleigh area. So, my God, it's going to be probably the biggest one we've ever done i would think from going by where they're at right now yeah if you guys didn't get to see arna knoxville then make sure you get to see him here raleigh convention center raleigh north carolina the weekend of july 28th 29th and 30th fans you'll be able to get eight by tens autographs and selfies whatever you want arn is there and uh he's well known to be taking care of his listeners his fans it's friday saturday and sunday and then the following weekend man you're so busy you're going to be in Charlotte at the Hilton University Place as part of T-Mart's The Gathering. And that event runs from August 3rd through 6th. And uh, you're staying busy all over the place, making the circuit, making the towns. 
Yeah, and somewhere on that show in that three-day period, Brock is actually going to be wrestling. So that's a, it's a double whammy. I can't wait for that. Man, that's great. And we love to make sure you're all aware of where Arn's going to be so that you can say hi, shake his hand, and let him know what you think about the podcast. And uh, Arn, I'm so glad that you're having a good time. I know the fans love seeing you. The other thing that we wanted to touch on before we jump into November 1992, which I know you're all here to uh, to listen to today, is his biography from uh, our man Dirk Manning. Uh, Arn Anderson, my life is wrestling's enforcer. And uh, we just got an email uh, just a few days ago letting us know that the pin that says I'm with the enforcer has been approved. And he uh, he mentioned the, that the novels are currently in production. And he said this is the sl- slowest part of the process. So we appreciate everybody hanging in there with us. Uh, they are in line at the printers and ready to go. Uh, so, man, we can't wait. And uh, the golden book plates have also been sent out for the signatures, including by Dirk Manning, Sean Daly, and Colm Griffin from Canada and Ireland, respectively, and of course, from Arn. Uh, so listen, man, they can expect to receive an awesome product once it's finished, and I can't wait to get my copy, Arn. Yeah, I'm kind of getting excited, too. Um, there's been some orders come in from some different uh, comic stores. That, you know, our friends down in Greenville, you know, they're, they're ready and yeah. ready get, to get rolling here, and so am I. So it's going to yeah. be fun. We mentioned, too, the pre-order link is now live on Amazon, and you can grab a copy there if you haven't already. And, uh, and for fans from overseas, they've I've seen on Twitter, they've already got the pre-order going. So it's an exciting time to be an Arn Anderson fan, and it's an exciting time to be Arn Anderson. I mean, hell, uh, you're having a blast, aren't you? Who would have thought that? Yeah, yeah. Who would ever have thought I would be excited about being me? Right, right now you're got you got a biography coming uh, coming out. You're everywhere you need to be in terms of just appearances. You're having fun in AEW, and we're excited uh, to, as fans to see everything that's happening for you, brother. And there's some more good news on the way. It's not quite buttoned up, but it's getting close, and it's uh, proud to say that this is finally going to happen too. So we'll, we'll have a little update on that a little later. And, you know, I don't even know what he's talking about, so I can't wait to hear about this. So, oh, man, that's that's exciting. Well, well you might. You might know about what I'm talking really? about. Okay. Yes. Oh, I do. I do. I do know what you're talking about. It took me a minute. It's been a long day at the uh, at the shoot job, Arn, but it, it clicked. So we'll, we get a little bit closer and get some things buttoned up and some yeah. things signed. We can give them the whole information. There you uh, go. Okay. Yeah, this is exciting. Once again... You were the uh, hound dog out there for this uh, this particular thing, and I appreciate you. And, uh, you know, you're looking after me on these fronts because it's hard to field some of these offers sometimes. You know, they just get caught up in the in the busy part of the day or the week and uh, you presented this and it's going to be exciting I think oh I think so too and I think a lot of your fans are going to be excited about it too and uh, that reminds me I need, I have something to, to, to send you as well so we'll get to that but let's jump into this week's topic uh, last week we talked about the unnecessary Arn and indefensible decisions made by, by uh, Cowboy Bill Watts as part of our October 1992 coverage. In less than two weeks, as we ended last week's show, following Havoc, Nikita Koloff, 
Terry Gordy, Jake the Snake Roberts, they're no longer employed by WCW. And as we talked about last week, Arn, losing three veterans such as these men, it's painful to any company, especially WCW at this point. Nevertheless, Bill Watts charged ahead with his vision for the company, which includes bringing his son, Eric, into the fold. And we're going to discuss that in this show because, pal, you're involved with some uh, some angles with Eric, and we're going to go over some clips with all that. But uh, as for the departures, the one of the most that affected you and Bobby was that of Terry Bam Bam Gordy because the program you and Bobby were working was with uh, Doc and Gordy. And the building of that never came to fruition. So now he's gone. The injury to Rick Steiner, there's a gaping hole in the tag team division at this point. And as a result, during the month of November, which we're here to talk about today, you often worked against the unified tag team champions of Dustin Rhodes and Barry Windham in either tag matches or six-man tag matches on the house shows. And, uh, and that's where we pick up with things here in November. You ready to jump in? Whew, that's a lot to unpack, isn't it? It is. I just wanted to set the stage properly and get everybody up to speed on where we're at. And uh, we're going to talk about what was going on on television because uh, we're about to show our first clip of the week. You wrestled Shane Douglas and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. These two had recently been paired together and were being pushed as a top tag team here in WCW at this point, Arn. And on the November 7th, 1992 airing of WCW Worldwide, Steamboat and Douglas square off against you and Bobby Eaton. And, uh, buddy, we have the full match. We have the post-match segment. And this goes about six and a half minutes, so we hope you enjoy it. Here we go. It's our first clip of the week. We're going to take a look at what happened when you and Bobby take on Shane Douglas and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Arn Anderson and beatable Bobby in tag action against Steamboat and Shane Douglas. And while I got a moment here, I want to state right now, Arn Anderson, one of the competitors in that ring, will be in the first round of the Jesse the Body Strongest Arm Tournament next week right here on WCW. And Arn Anderson's opponent will be none other than the Barbarian. Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, five times he's been a world tag team champion. Three times... With Jay Youngblood once with Paul Jones and once with Dustin Rhodes most recently. He and Beautiful Bobby tie up, but of course Beautiful Bobby, a man who certainly has had his share of the world tag team title. Right hand to the face, former member of the Midnight Express. Is, oh, chop back, Steamboat! To the top of the head! He was caught in the cutter, but now Steamboat! Over the top! And classic wrestling by Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. You can see Michael P.S. Hayes, whoa! And Steamboat boots Michael P.S. Hayes right off the apron. And the former Freebird ain't gonna take too kindly to that. You're taking a look as Shane Douglas comes in. Shoulder block takedown. Hovers over beautiful Bobby. And tags in Steamboat. Great teamwork. Steamboat off the top. Chop right on the arm. Take a look at two teams, certainly chasing the world tag team champions dustin rose and barry window both have signed contracts to face the world tag team champions so we're seeing two of the finest teams in wcw right now you're seeing two of the ranked teams and the team that gets by this one is going to be the natural opponent for windham and rhodes in the world title steamboat 
Great martial arts skill displayed right there, sending Arn Anderson down after a series of hair pull takedowns. And Anderson backs to the corner. The veteran Arn Anderson, the enforcer, he has been world tag team champion on many occasions with many different opponents. You know what I love about you, tough guy Tony Schiavone? How you selectively see your hair pulling. Earlier this hour, we saw Chono pull the hair, but you didn't see that one. I didn't see it at first. Oh, but on slow-mo instant replay, then you do see it. Collar and elbow tie-up. Side headlock. Tag is made. Tremendous clothesline. Shane Douglas with a cover. One, two. Almost got it, but Orange foot was on the bottom rope. You can only call what you see in this sport, Jesse. Some people call what they don't see. And a veteran like you sees it all. Head first. Anderson now at his lethal best. The enforcer. Absolutely. Anderson, the real veteran in there. He knows where he's at. Look at Tag's been made. Trying to DDT. Made the tag to Bobby, who slapped the taste right out of Shane Douglas' mouth. Knocked him right off his feet. Totally legal move right there. You saw that beautiful tag by Arn Anderson. And now beautiful Bobby introducing Rush Limbaugh's nephew into the turnbuckle. Right to the jaw. Tag. Anderson measures it, and the enforcer is going to get down to the team with the best teamwork that prevails in this one. Shane run out of the way. And in competition like this, it always is the team that gets the luckiest, too. Here comes the dragon. Big chop. Oh, he nails beautiful Bobby on the apron. The crowd explodes. Steamboat. Reversal by Anderson. In the corner with Bobby, the wrong place. There's Bobby. Oh, but he turned his back on Arn Anderson, and the knee brought him on the left hand that was he measured him on that one look at the dragon he's gonna have a shiner after that one the left hand from michael psa's the man who was hired by paulie dangerously to oversee these two men in the ring beautiful bobby and arn anderson bobby continues to work on the head of steamboat and now anderson goes after the head as well and why wouldn't they? They got him hurt. P.S. Hayes did the damage with that beautiful left hand. And the experience of Anderson and beautiful Bobby, of course they're going to work on it. They're going to keep Steamboat right in that corner, too, if they can. Steamboat trying to fight out, trying to slingshot Bobby. Steamboat from behind, waistlock pickup, and a backbreaker. Tremendous move by Steamboat. Steamboat, though, just rolls out of the way. He wants to make a tag here. He needs one desperately. The Irish whip to the near side. Pick up. Shane with a slam. It's going after Anderson as well. The problem is, though, he needs to concentrate on the legal man and forget about the guy who's illegal in the ring. And that's what he's doing now. He hooks Bobby. Going to go suplex. He got him. One, two. Arn with the save. Steve Bowden.
Brian, Brian Pillman saw his opening, came out, did the damage, and now he may end Shane Douglas's career. Oh, Shane's waiting! Wow, what a wild match and entertaining match overall, Arn. How do you, what did you think of that one? <clears throat> well, I think the first thing I'm thinking is those guys hadn't been partners very long, Steamboat and Shane. Can't tell by watching that match. They, they look good together, man. They were clicking on all cylinders. and all, It was a short match, but, man, for a television match, it had a ton of great action. Good pacing, you know, good teamwork on both sides. Uh, Michael Hayes, that left is notorious. It is what we call a potato <laughs> in our business. He, he clipped Ricky pretty damn good out there on the floor and turned it to our advantage, and uh, we tried to seize that advantage. But uh, those guys, man, they were on fire. We've uh, talked about you, uh, you working with Eaton. Uh, we've talked about Ricky, Steamboat, you meeting Ricky. So three of the four we spent some time on. The guy I want to talk about here for the next little bit is Shane Douglas, because here he is. He's uh, young in the business. He has the pleasure of sharing the ring with you and Bobby and Steamboat here in this one. But before he becomes the franchise in ECW, uh, here he is in WCW. What were your first impressions of Shane Douglas? That this kid has got a bright future. He already had veteran tendencies. And, uh, you know, I didn't know a lot about him prior to this. But, man, he, he just – some guys just pick it up right away. He's one of those guys, you know, and, and he's been around. He's still around the business. You know, and you can just, just see the evolution of him in different companies. I think he had a huge run in ECW. That, he did. They probably put him on the map more than anything else and uh, became one of the leaders of that company and uh, one of the figureheads of that company and the, the face of that company, whatever you want to call it. But uh, he just continued to learn the business and get better. And you could see already in this match with Steamboat, he was he was watching Ricky and learning from Ricky and, and bringing his own style to the match. He had the in-ring work. He was the the definition of a baby face at this point in his career, yeah. right? Looks, yeah, charisma, athletic. He could do it all. Yeah, and baby face skills. You yeah. know, that's 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 one of the main things. Is you know, it's like Brian Pillman, baby face skills. Brad Armstrong, baby face skills. Shawn Michaels. You know, it, you know those guys. They have a set of of exciting moves, but, you know, they sell well, they fight back, they're always in the fight, and uh, you could see that in Shane already. What impressed me, I think, about him, Arn, is like you said, when he went to ECW, became a leader for that organization and, the, and that company. But man, it was his heel, his heel promos, his, his ability to become so... Um, uh, what's the word? His mic skills were just incredible. And uh, when, it, when it came to his heel work, any inkling? Did you see that in him all to see how he would be able to kind of flip the switch and become such a, a great heel in the business? Because he did in ECW. 
Well, in those days, I barely got to watch our show back. We were were so busy. much less watch the other shows. Sure. So I wasn't as in tune as I should have been, but you hear it through the grapevine, how he's growing and developing. And, you know, it's uh, because being a baby face and being a heel are two different animals. And uh, if you can master them both, you're going to have a long career. He had the uh, tour of duty for a little while, Dean Douglas, when he went to WWF. Uh, and that was, you know, they were going to make him a, a teacher or what have you. But uh, I, I really felt like he found his his niche as that heel, the franchise in ECW. And I always hoped, man, that he'd be able to take that and do something with it on a, on a grander stage. And I know that he came over to WCW a little bit later on. But um, it was never to the magnitude that I hoped it would be for Shane Douglas to the level. You know what I mean? Yep. Yep. Well, listen, Arn, Shane Douglas, as a babyface, had all the skills. The moveset and facials that made him one of the hottest acts in WCW at this time. And as he progressed in his career, he would become brash on the microphone and one of the hottest heels in the business, as I talked about. And after each and every encounter, he reminded his foes that their asses had just been franchised. And guys... If it's been a minute since you've been able to strut ass after a multi-round encounter, declaring that you franchised your partner's ass, might we suggest the only tag partner, not named Arn Anderson, that you will ever need, and that, my friends, is Blue Chill. The humidity and heat aren't the only things taking the breath out of people this summer. Isn't that right, Arn? Why are you even ask me? This is your favorite gig of the entire week, so just <laughs> run with it. <laughs> this I, is... I wouldn't dare get in there. This is your shining moment because apparently these things are working real good at your place. Because, Arn, I know Blue Chew has made you a believer as well. It's just not me that pops for Blue Chew. It's the enforcer that is a believer in Blue Chew. Am I right? I would say it's anybody that tries the product because it's just, face it, it just works. It works. It, it, it's, he's right. It's, it works just like if you flip that light switch and the lights come on, they work. It work. That's Blue Chew. That's what it's going to do. It's going to flip the switch in you that you weren't sure if it still worked or not. Well, the electricity flows when you pop the blue pill. Guys, there's no waiting in line in the pharmacy. It ships right to your door, and it's in a discreet package. Does it get any better than that? I don't think so. So what are you waiting for? Sign up at BlueChew.com. Consult with one of their licensed medical providers. The consultation is easy. It's not painful. Once you're approved, you're going to be getting those blue pills within days and you are going to strut ass like the franchise is what I'm talking about. So listen, if you don't want to swallow pills, no big deal. You can chew them like Flintstone vitamins. That's how they make them. There are all kinds of reasons we can't perform. We've talked about it before. It could be anxiety. It could be pressure. It could be just stress. We all have stress in our lives. All right. It's, it's understandable. We're under a lot. We're under heavy burdens. We have things going on. And sometimes when the mood hits the misses we might not always be ready but you can be if you pop the blue chai can i get an amen from the audience all right all right i'm a little fired up on this week i'm telling you 
Listen, check it out. BlueChew.com. Check it out now. And here's the deal. You want to use promo code ARN at checkout. That's right. A-R-N. When you use that promo code, you pay $5 shipping. That's it. Five bucks. And BlueChew.com will ship right to your door for just $5 shipping. That's it. You get it free on us. Promo code ARN. Go to BlueChew.com for more details and safety info. And tell them the enforcer sent you. Yes. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Arn, the finish of this match involved newly made heel... You saw him. You saw who flew in there at the end, flying Brian Pillman. And he gets uh, you and Bobby DQ'd in this match. And I want to take a moment to talk about Brian and where he's at at this point in time in 1992. Uh, because, Arn, this is the first of two of Pillman's uh, heel runs. Uh, reportedly, Brian's not pleased with the way he's being portrayed by Bill Watts. Imagine that. Watts told him they would job him out every week. And Pillman responded by telling him he would gladly be the highest paid jobber on TV. Pillman worked against the likes of Brad Armstrong, Marcus Bagwell, and Shane Douglas. Double A, you think a lot of Brian Pillman. We've talked about him, as I said, on this show as both the man and the performer. And you're very instrumental in his development as a professional wrestler. But as a lifelong heel with no babyface skills, how do you think Brian did as a heel during this time? Well, if I remember correctly, they're trying to cut his contract. Yes. Mid-contract. Mid yeah. It's one of those things where if you want to stay here, we're going to have to cut your money. And Now, legally, they couldn't do that, obviously, because Brian said no. Right? Yeah. yeah. If there was not going to be any life after the term of his contract— Fine, he'll be the highest-paid job guy in the business. I think that's the way the story laid out. But he refused to let him screw him in that matter. Uh, this this was one of those things that you don't you don't get over with your newly acquired talent roster by telling all these guys I'm going to have to cut your money. Brian took it as a challenge to, okay, I got a short amount of time to make a big impact. And he, you know, he took it on. And uh, he was as good as he developed into what we thought was a heel mm -hmm. as he ever was as a babyface because you couldn't tell what was Brian and what was the lunatic. Who was the lunatic? Who was Brian? And it was just starting, I think this would probably be the beginning, right? I mean, this is the first opportunity he has to be a heel, uh, and he's not necessarily there at that loose cannon persona yet. Obviously, that was when he really hit his stride, you know, becoming a heel. I mean, you just said it. He was that smarmy, arrogant, chicken shit heel that made, you know, the most of his opportunities and, and, and et cetera. But I, I just, 
you know, Bill Watts is here. Oh, fine. You don't like the pay? You don't like this? I'm going to job your ass. It's just, what, really, is that what's best for business? Um, you know, you got a strong performer here that's performed well, done well. He's over with the crowd. And just because you have a guy who's upset with his money, you're going to go ahead and, and, you know, make these, these booking decisions based on your relationship with him behind closed doors. And, and I just I just challenge that way of thinking when it comes to book and wrestling. It's just not best for, like I said, I, I know it's a cliche line, but best for business. Well, if you got guys that are happy with the company, that want to be there, that are glad to be there, they're going to kill themselves for you. You know, because that's the nature. You want to stay there. You want to, if you, if you enjoy being part of that company, you're going to do whatever you can do to keep it strong. That's it. Well, here we go. We, like you said, this is the beginnings of, of him being a heel. It's during this time, uh, the same time that Dusty gets it right. He pairs Pillman and Austin together, and they form the Hollywood Blondes Arn. Uh, they began teaming regularly on house shows and during the month of November, and uh, they took on both the team of Wyndham and Dustin, as well as Shane Douglas and Steamboat, who we just watched. But, man, Austin and Pillman, I mean, listen, those two would remain close until Pillman's death in 1997. And uh, one of the most prized possessions of Austin's is the gold chain that Brian Pillman gave him during their run as the Hollywood Blondes. Uh, the two would team together for the next nine months or so before being broken up. But, man, what a unit they became as the Hollywood Blondes are. And they won the tag team titles in 1993. Yeah, they. it was just one of those that was in the cards. It was in the stars. It was in the cards. Mm -hmm. It just clicked. They were perfect together. And uh, the chemistry was just incredible, really was. Yeah, they uh, they were a fantastic time a tag team. And uh, anything that you could remember and can share about any memories of the Hollywood Blondes, either wrestling them or maybe dealing with them behind the scenes? Well, just you know, their attitudes clicked. They immediately went into the yeah, that's the, right. The, Turn this, in the film. Yep. That became a signature of their deal, and it just, if you are if you were not a fan of them, man, it really griped your ass. It was really smart-ass, you know, stuff. But it, it was something they came up with. It belonged to them. It was, And they made something as simple as that, one of their signature, I guess you would call it a signature move. Yeah, right. It was, it was definitely a signature uh uh, deal that they did, the uh, iconic, you know, moving that film reel forward. Uh, everyone remembers that from this era. And so there you go. Listen, we're going to uh, leave the Pillman heel turn and the creation of the Hollywood Blondes there for now. We'll be back, trust me, to talk about them because I got something that's really entertaining for you, Arn. I'm not sure if you remember this or not, but uh, you made a little bit of a questionable decision here in November 1992. You entered the Jesse the Body Ventura Invitational Strongest Arm Championship. Do you remember that? I can't believe I was that stupid. <laughs> the decision was questionable, of course, because you drew the Barbarian in the first round. And while Barb was a good friend of yours and sweetheart of a guy, last week we discussed how he's probably not suited to be the number one contender for Ron Simmons and have the match on pay-per-view. However... Here, Arn, for our second clip of the week. He is in an arm wrestling contest, and he looks like he's right at home in this one, Arn. And we're going to watch this clip together. Are you ready to see this clip? If anything was custom made for somebody outside of the wrestling ring, 
This was custom made for Barb. You're talking about a beast in the weight room. But of course, it's like when I would go up top and to come off. What happened, Paul? You failed every time. This looks like a failure waiting to happen. Here we go. We're going to watch it. Arn Anderson, Barbarian. Welcome to the second matchup of the first round of the WCW Jesse the Body Ventura Invitational Strongest Arm Championship. The second matchup first from parts unknown being accompanied by Cactus Jack weighing 295 pounds the Barbarian! All right, set to go for our second matchup, and there you see Cactus Shack leading the big guy to the ring. You're talking about strong arms. Take a look at this guy. Should be a great matchup as the Invitational Tournament to find out who has the strongest arm continues here on Worldwide. Minneapolis, Minnesota, weighing 248 pounds, the enforcer, Arn Anderson. Okay, Arn Anderson and the Barbarian, the second of four first round matchups. The winner of this one to meet Ron Simmons in the semifinals. Anderson having some problems. Let's go to Jesse to see what's going on. What's the problem, Arn? No, 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 no. Not a chance. Cactus Jack, I don't trust you. And Barbarian, you don't look like no Boy Scout either. So I'm going to get somebody out here to watch my back. Michael, come on down here. Michael P.S. Hayes coming out the second Arn Anderson. Cactus Jack seconding the Barbarian. This is the second matchup of the first round, gentlemen. The winner moves forward. He's left-handed. 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 You have a preference? They're saying left-handed. You want to go left-handed? They're saying either hand. They're fine to go left-handed then. They're going to go left-handed. Arn Anderson versus the Barbarian. The winner moves forward to the semifinals. Lock them up, gentlemen, when you're ready with your grip. Make sure you got the grips now. Both men must be comfortable with the grip. Both men, one foot must remain on the ground. Anderson may like it. He's trying to get on the top Let's go, gentlemen. As soon as you're comfortable with the grip. Oh, 
was comedy wasn't it what did you think about that i was outclassed outranked outarmed out everything <laughs> did you i mean listen not only that say you win say say bar, say the barbarian just passes out for some unknown reason and, and can't finish uh, then you got what ron simmons i mean what are we doing what? i don't know why i was even in the building <laughs> Yeah, if there was a moment in time, I should. You know what's ironic though, Jesse, that doing this this week, I just saw Jesse in Knoxville. Oh, okay. He was at Fanboy. I talked to him for about thirty minutes, which was extremely interesting. That's cool, man. He hasn't changed a bit. You ever been around Jesse? No, I have not. Never talked to him. Never met him. Oh, God. He had this conspiracy theory show a while back. Yes. We watched every week. It was awesome. And uh, he was there with his son, and uh, he came over, and we got to visit with him. Just just rehashing that. Just want to let him know if he's listening. I enjoyed the heck out of that. So. And he didn't bring up the arm wrestling contest at all as part of the old that memories? Never came up. Never came never, up? No, no. <laughs> Yeah, body guy, I never was, never will be. Uh, I don't. For know some him. reason, I think you tried to block that out of your mind as I watched your face as you watched that. Yeah, that, yeah I think. Yeah. That was just me just hogging TV time, I think. But you did well. You sold it. You sold it well. Your arm, I think that could have been the start of some arm problems for you. I, I don't was know. never in the fight. That one, never. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Arn, let's face it. Such a stressful and taxing couple of days played hell on the body. There's no way that your body was performing at peak performance back in your heyday. Today, with our crazy schedules, you and I both benefit from AG1. Arn, just one scoop and it gives you 75 high quality vitamins and minerals. I'm talking improving your gut health, sleeping better, improve focus. What's not to like? This is a slam dunk and better yet, you're going to sleep better and recover better. It costs less than $3 a day. It's completely worth the investment in you and it's received 7,000 plus five-star reviews. Right now is the time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. It's so simple. No need for a million different pills and supplements. And to make it easy, AG1 is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit drinkag one dot com forward slash arn again that's drink ag1.com forward slash arn to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance hey guys tony shivani need to call a timeout real quick wanted to tell your listeners what i've been telling what happened when listeners for a while now about all the cool things happening over on adfreeshows.com on a new edition of The Insiders, Conrad sits down with former Turner Finance executive Dirty Dick Cheatham, talking about the internal war between WCW and Turner and the Monday Night War with the WWF. And my assistant said, hey, you're not going to believe who's down there. I said, who, who? She says, China's down there. This what are you talking about? Yeah. And, uh, and I went over to her window and looked at hey, the whole, all of the eggs is down there. Get the camera! <laughs> so, so we went down there, and of course, they were BX and that was down there in the fight with security. On a bonus episode of My World, Double J watches back his tag team championship match against FTR and breaks down the hilarious Briscoe farm skit that preceded it. And they say, Can y'all be in the background talking? And the four of us are down there, really, just you know, all four of us. But Lethal and Sanjay, I said, We got to start being silly. I just started strumming the guitar. And Sanjay started bouncing that baby, and Sanjay and him started doing the dose do. I think this is, I don't know, this is the funniest, but I still think it's, it's a, hilarious. It's a complete ad lib, but it played to, you know, the line he said, them clowns, and we're down there dancing. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. That's just a small taste of what we got waiting for you with four levels to choose from. See for yourself why ad free shows is the best value in wrestling today. Sign up now at adfreeshows.com. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Title Transference aired October 27, 2004. Director James Marshall, writers Todd Slavkin, Darren Swimmer. I really like this episode, and I'm surprised that you don't like it as much as you thought you did. I actually respect your opinion more than I respect my own in general. (laughs) (laughs) When you say things are good and I check them out, they are. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen. Hi there. 
Sorry for the interruption, but are you enjoying this show on Google Podcasts? You should know that the Google Podcasts app is going away this spring. That's right, going away, gone, as in no longer available. You can still enjoy this show elsewhere, though. Try out Spotify or Amazon Music, or maybe TuneIn is more your style. Whatever app you switch to, be sure to follow so you never miss the next episode. And thanks for listening, wherever you listen. But what do you think about this? We're, we're having some fun. What do you think about this as far as arm wrestling on a pro wrestling program? Does it have its place? Does it make sense? Like, what are your, what's your opinion on that? Um, I don't know. You'd have to go back and check the quarter hour, wouldn't yeah, you? Yeah, that's true. That's the only way you can it's really... It's the only thing that really matters, I guess, at the end of the day, right? If you, The only way to validate whether something worked or got over is you got to go back and look at the quarter hour. If it died a horrible death... Wasn't a smart way to use that 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 type of time that you could be, you, you know. No, and I guess you, they're trying to give like the powerhouse guys a moment in the spotlight. That, you know, that's why they brought you in for it. But it's like you know they're shining oh, a brighter really? light on Barbarian. They're shining a brighter light on Tony Atlas. If we take your theory and believe it, I had no. Once again, I had no reason to be in the building that day. You were you were up there, man. They had you in there with the Van Hammers and the Barbarians and the Ron Simmons and Arn Anderson. The if, I'm pre- if I'm predicting, I think Simmons may be at the advantage with this deal. Which yeah, I don't. Been. I don't know. I, our research guy can let us know. I haven't. I haven't looked too far ahead to see who ultimately won this, and I certainly don't remember this at all. When I was going through the notes, I, this I don't remember this contest at all. I think it was forgettable. Yeah, exactly. Well, listen, let's move on because we have the Clash of the Champions 21 uh, now up, and it takes place in Macon, Georgia on November 18th, 1992. Any memories of Macon, Georgia, are and anything that comes to mind about Macon? Let's see when we get there. All right. Well, listen, 7,500 fans were in attendance for the show, but only 700 of those were paid. Wait a minute. That's what the research guy has. 7,500 fans were in attendance, but only 700 of those were paid. So 7,000 were comped? Oh, come on. Oh, man. I think I think our guy was smoking the wacky weed when he when he. When yeah, he I'm not, you know, I will believe most of the stuff he, that he <laughs> arrives at. I don't, that sounds a little bit ridiculous. Yeah, it sounds a little off. But listen, like Halloween Havoc in October, Arn, this event has some consequential results that we're going to discuss here. So here we go. First, as a way to close out the Medusa and Polly Dangerously storyline, the two squared off in that clash, uh, the Battle of the Sexes match, which we've talked about. We watched that with Medusa. And that mm-hmm. episode, which, by the way, uh, was a big-time episode for us, is available in the archives. But uh, the long-lasting effect of that one, it was Paul Heyman's last appearance on uh, WCW television. And Medusa shared with us what Bill Watts thought of both her and Paul. And to be honest, while not surprising, it was a little bit difficult to hear uh, that that her kind of relay some of that information to us. Paul goes on to run ECW, which we talked about. And uh, he would eventually become the owner after Todd Gordon. Todd Gordon. uh, And then uh, he went on to WWE, where he still works and is currently the special counsel and a wise man to the tribal chief, Roman Reigns. You can see Paul each and every week bowing down to Roman Reigns. Man, what what a career that guy has had, though, in wrestling. Well, yeah, I mean, when you have the aptitude that he has for the business and you understand who you are and what the business is, and, you know, he's just got a really good mind. He does. 
Absolutely. But, you know, here in November 1992, as we talked, the Dangerous Alliance, the Paul Heyman creation, it's officially dead. Uh, but prior to its death, it was the most important heel faction in WCW. Watts once again allowed his personal feelings to get in the way of business. And uh, you were right there for most of this, Arn. How can Watts, you think, justify losing all this Hall of Fame talent? What good good comes from losing a guy like Paul Heyman? Anything that you can remember about how and why all this all this goes down? We talked about the other guys that left after Havoc. Now here, Heyman walks away from the company, and this is all under Bill's watch. Well, the reality is this. When you're a booker in the wrestling business and you come in and you take a job with a company, this was in the old days, uh, and you were hired to be the booker, you would surround yourself with your guys that you had a history of trusting, that had a history of success, hopefully. And uh, when Bill Watts came in, he... Uh, you know, Paul Lee was a young guy in the business. You were only going to have X number of managers. You know, Bill usually only had one, you know, in a territory at a particular time. But he had taken up another animal. You know, this was not just a small territory. Now you had national television. Could be worldwide television, depending on syndication. And... Uh, the reality is he was going to put his guys in place. I'm sure Paul did not have a choice in leaving. Yeah. Do, nah, we, do we know that? Did nah. he quit? Did he get canned? He, he just, it's, uh, it's not clear exactly what, what happened and what went down with him, Bill, but he's gone. And, uh, and fortunate for we wrestling fans, honestly, at the end of the day, it worked out because Paul, like I said, went on to ECW and, uh, I, for one for me, big fan of what he was able to do with that promotion. But the next thing I want to talk to you a little about here, Arn, was what else happened at the Clash. And it could be because of, like I said last week, Gordy leaving, Jake Roberts leaving. They're in need of heels. Barry Windham, he turns heel. And uh, the turn came during the main event match where Wyndham and Rhodes defended their tag team titles against Douglas and Steamboat. Wyndham and Rhodes began trading hands following an argument where Dustin refused to go after an injured Ricky Steamboat. Douglas takes advantage of the situation, pins Wyndham after a belly-to-belly -belly suplex. Dustin returns to the ring and apologized to Wyndham, but Barry hit him with the DDT and a superplex before being pulled away by the officials. And uh, this concludes on the month-long heel turn that they have been teasing on television. Wyndham then attacks Steamboat and Douglas, who were conducting a backstage interview with Jesse. But Arn, you've worked with with Wyndham, against Wyndham. You've told us countless times on this show how good he was in the ring as a performer, as a worker. Uh, this heel turn would eventually lead to a world title for Barry. Uh, and for you, the opportunity to face him in your only world title match on pay-per-view. Uh, but what did you think about Barry and his heel work? Barry was just really good at anything he did. I think he was probably a better babyface because, I mean, he's six foot, what, six? Yeah, six, six. 260. Like a gazelle, he floated around that ring. Handsome guy, good-looking guy, just a tailor-made baby face. He had all the tools. But, you know, as a heel, you know, 
I don't know. I just had a preference of, Pre- yeah, of Barry as a baby, baby face. Yeah. It's not that he was not a good heel. He was, but he is just so established in everyone's mind as to being the ultimate baby face. It felt like to me this this switch might have been just one too many. Yeah, well, and they needed to beef up their heel stable, it felt like, too. Uh, this Clash Arn also featured a tag team match where you and Bobby take on Kensuke Sasaki and Eric Watts. And uh, we had the match here in our third clip of the week. Let's check it out together. This is from Clash 21, November 18th, 1992. Cash inducement for Hayes, Anderson, and Eaton to injure this young man during the course of this contest. So it's a high-stakes match for Watts. I'm confused, Jim Ross. It says that Watts is from the University of Louisville. What, he lives on campus all the time? That's where he attended college, obviously. He's from Bixby, Oklahoma. There we go. Then he's from Oklahoma. Got an elbow tie-up. It's beautiful Bobby and Eric Watts starting it out here. And uh, Eden Anderson, one of the great tag teams in WCW. What a great challenge for the young combination of Sasaki and Watts. Side headlock, far side. and Oh, look at the slaps. A beautiful Bobby Wastelock, but a quick go-behind by Eric counters it. And up. Oh, oh, beautiful Bobby caught one from the young rookie. You know, I'll tell you something. I don't envy Eric Watts. I mean, here's a young guy, his first year as a professional, and he's got a bounty on his head. I mean, that could mean his career, Jim Ross, could end before it even gets started, really. You're right about that. You're exactly right about that. He's... Certainly been on a hot seat as far as dangerously and his people are concerned. Beautiful Bobby forcing Eric to the ropes. And he'd got the elbow in. The experienced veteran from Huntsville, Alabama. Takes Eric to the far side. Goes to the abdominal stretch and he's trying to get it applied. Couldn't get it hooked in. Good arm drag counter. Whoa, right over the top rope. Eric back up on that second rope. Avoiding. Beautiful Bobby knocked him down the shoulder block. Comes at him with a fist. Watts came to fight here as beautiful Bobby goes to the sanctuary of his corner where Hayes and Anderson are. Now Hayes wants to speak to the referee. Well, you can see right now that the rookie Watts, he's, I think he's overly pumped up. He needs to low-key it a little bit more right here. He, he's over. Uh-oh. Here's a tag to the to whom I consider one of the most dangerous men in wrestling. Arn Anderson didn't earn the name, the enforcer, for nothing. He is a, a tremendous athlete, and I'm sure he will want to keep this very, this pace very methodical, Jess. Anderson with a wrist lock in control. It's countered by Eric Watts. And Watts makes the tag to the powerhouse in Tokyo, Kinsuke Sasaki. And Sasaki back to the arm. But the enforcer drives him into the corner. And here's what, whoa, Sasaki got out of the corner. Smart move by the young Japanese wrestler. He don't want to get caught in the corner in tag team wrestling. That's where the damage is done. And Anderson makes another tag to beautiful Bobby. Now it's Eaton and Sasaki. Sasaki, good move into the headlock now. He's a, we said, a very powerful, strong, compact athlete. Good shoulder lock. Gets the momentum from the ropes. Beautiful Bobby. Took him up and over, but Sasaki shows great agility. Comes back with that drop kick. And beautiful Bobby has not been extremely productive here offensively in the early going. Well, Sasaki flipped over and broke that with his feet. 
got up immediately. Beautiful Bobby thought he had him down, but Sasaki hits him with the drop kick, and beautiful Bobby and Aaron Anderson got to regroup a little bit here. Sasaki forcing Eaton back into the corner. Nails him with those chops. Hammering away at beautiful Bobby. He nails Anderson, who came over to try to get involved. It's Eaton with a reversal. No, it's Sasaki reversing it, taking Eaton back to the corner. But Anderson pulled Eaton out of the corner, and Sasaki found nothing but turnbuckle. And now he's going to find more than turnbuckle. He's going to find the floor. Hey, so that... A cheap one on the outside. The referee being detained with beautiful Bobby. I thought it might be Anderson with a cheap shot, but it was Hayes. Well, Michael Hayes is a tough guy, you know, and he sometimes it gets the best of him sitting outside the ring, and he's got to get himself involved. But the main thing when he does that, he doesn't dare let the referee see him. Whoa, and he got another shot in there when the referee was with Iron Anderson. And walks around. The referee's got to restrain him. And it's Anderson driving Sasaki's head into the top turnbuckle. Now wrecking the youngster's face along the ropes. Anderson and Eaton with some double teaming there. And Anderson with the arm bar. Anderson looks to be having a little problem with his uh, left knee. Well, it's heavily taped. Very, very heavily taped. Eaton misses a clothesline. And Sasaki caught him. That 360, that big power slam. Both men now are down. Sasaki able to make the tag to Watts, and Watts is in. And Watts coming in, firing right hands, fires beautiful Bobby into the buckle, catches him. Beautiful monkey flip into a pin. Oh, and he's hammering him with the right hand. I thought he'd go for a pin, but he just wants to punish him. He's got to be careful not to be disqualified here. The referee reaches five. It's a disqualification. Irish whip to the middle of the ropes. High elevation on that back body drop by Eric Watts. Anderson comes in. He's nailed by Watts' right hand. Sasaki in. Watts and Sasaki. Ben Dillard training. Good fireman carry takeover. Going for the cover, and he got an ear fall. You know, the referee should not be counting anything with four guys in the ring, Jim Ross. He needs to get control. Watts has been training with Hiro Matsuda, the NWA champion, Masahiro Chono, and Sasaki. Working on his submission moves. He caught him right hand. Eaton came off the top, and he was nailed. And Eric set him up. Could be going to the STF. He's got it. He's got it hooked. He's got a submission. gentlemen, here are your winners, the team of Eric Watts and Kensuke Sasaki. So the training with all the great Japanese athletes pays off for Eric Watts. Eric Watts getting that rub already. <clears throat> it was a little bit early for him to be in a match like that, of that I, magnitude. The first part of the match, you could really see it, you know, and I'm not knocking him. We've all been there. He's just too green to be in that spot. What did you think of Sasaki? I mean, he went on to have a long career and became a big-time player in Japan. What's your thoughts on him? Well, you couldn't you couldn't tell in that particular match just where he was destined to go. He was partners with uh, Hawk. That's right. Over there and uh, got a mega push. He was a little powerhouse, you know. Really was really strong, really powerful, but he, he was in the – the real rookie stage right then and during that match 
so you couldn't tell what he was destined to, to accomplish either. Yeah, he had that power and speed, almost reminiscent of a, of a Steiner brother, kind of the way he was put together. Yeah, um, very powerful, very explosive. Um, but that those guys were just, they weren't ready for that spot, I don't think. I would agree. Well, listen, at the end of November, we have our final clip of this week as we start to wrap up this edition of the Arn Show. You guys find yourself in the ring with Watts and Sasaki, but Arn, this time your partner? Steve Austin and the match takes place on November 28th edition of WCW Saturday night our final clip let's see what went down with you and Steve Austin as you guys wrestle Watts and Sasaki Sasaki and Watts have combined to really focus on the knee and the leg of Arn Anderson stretching the hamstring there another single leg takedown very pugnacious-like move, and now what's Sasaki going to try to do? Looks could be a half Boston crab if he turns him all the way over. Holly dangerously very concerned about what he is seeing here. There is a half Boston crab, a submission move. Anderson trying to stay up on one shoulder, finally reaches for the bottom rope. There you see that, and the referee will break the hole. Tag has been made. And again, you see some outstanding teamwork by Watts and Sasaki. Another quick tag. You've got to be uh, impressed by the frequency of the tags of Watts and Sasaki. Sasaki and Anderson just made a great counter move. He used his free leg to make the counter and tag in stunning Steve Austin. And now Anderson holds Sasaki down while Austin comes in and stomps away. That was a great tag team move by Arn Anderson, able to make the counter. Anderson's knee got to be tightening up on him, one would assume. High impact elbow to the back of the head. Dangerously confers with Anderson on the outside about his uh, physical status, as you see. Great suplex by stunning Steve Austin. Austin with that knee right into the spine. And again, one more time. High impact, man, got him in the kidneys there. Austin, you heard him say, are you all right, before he made the tag. Anderson said yes. Anderson, though he's limping, that may not have been a, a good tag in as much as Anderson who wanted to, wants to compete, obviously. Hey, he's a stallion. There's no doubt about that. But he may have needed to take a little more time on the outside. Time will tell as this one progresses. Caught him with the elbow. And you see Anderson, he knew he wasn't ready to come back. He got back on the outside after the tag. It's going to take some more time for Anderson. And Sasaki with that chop. Sasaki with another chop. Austin with the right hand on Watts on the outside. Inside cradle. Sasaki, can he hold him? No, he got two. A long two. And Austin very quickly back up to his feet. He was up much quicker than Sasaki. And Austin drives the elbow into the back of Sasaki and once again tags in Arn Anderson. Anderson noticeably limping here. As we know from the clash, has had some problems with his knee. Oh, what a move! What a move! By Kensuke Sasaki. 
what a martial arts kick. And Anderson able to make the tag, but so does Sasaki. Austin and Watts in there now. Austin misses a clothesline, but Watts does not. Eric slamming Anderson, who had yet not left the ring. Irish whip, going left to right on your television screen. Good hip block. Taylor, gosh, she caught him and drove him face first. Watts head snaps back, and Austin catches him with that running forearm. Watts in a lot of trouble here. Austin now clearly the in control of this tag team matchup. Gaining an unfair advantage here, and referee Nick Patrick having some words, having to restrain Sasaki, while Anderson able to take that opportunity to snap Eric's neck off the top rope. Austin lateral press, hooked the near leg, and got a near fall out of it. Another tag mate. Watson is being really tested here. Irish whip Anderson. Got all he could in that Irish whip and takes him back again. Anderson going to that front face lock. Graf trying to go for DDT here. Watts trying to fight for the corner. Anderson nails Sasaki, so he can't be in a position to make the tag. Front face lock by double A. And Anderson now using his mass and his strength to prevent Watts from making a tag. Anderson keeping his body between Watson and, and Eric's partner. Sasaki in now. Sasaki on fire here, nailing stunning Steve Austin. Sasaki having some words to the referee. I don't understand that. The referee's putting Austin outside. And apparently the referee's not going to allow the tag. Well, I don't understand that, quite frankly. And Anderson, I can't understand the DDT. They're going to try to finish off Eric Watts right here. Anderson, he went for the knee drop, but Eric moved out of the way. And now here comes Austin across to attack Sasaki. Eric driving Anderson's knee down. And he's going for it. He's going for it. He's got the STF. He's got it. He's got it right there. Anderson. Will he submit? We've never seen him submit before. He's going to tear that knee. Eric is going to tear the knee. And that's, he's caught up for Anderson gives it up. Watson's going to win it for his team with the STF. The STF was the deciding factor. What a submission move. And Watts and Sasaki have upset Anderson and Austin here. So he tops out Bobby Eaton, and now he tops out or submits Arn Anderson. Eric Watts, the next world heavyweight champion. <laughs> I'm kidding. What has happened? Uh, one thing, I, this is, yeah, I mean, that's, the boss is young. And, I know. I mean, right? that's, uh, what else can you say at this point? It's, it's so clear as you go back and walk through history here. Well, and if you're going to put him over, put him over right. Put him over with his finish, right? 
Yeah, and that's, that's what they did. Shit. Yeah, you know, don't half-ass it if you're gonna if you're gonna do it, do it right. Um, one thing I want to yeah. point out that you may look through history and see at what point it happens, but if you notice Kinski and if you notice Austin, one thing that was missing: knee pads. Austin looks so different without knee pads. Young guys that don't wear knee pads, that don't feel they need them or don't want them or whatever is a big mistake. I would advise every young wrestler, male or female, from the first time you step in the ring, knee pads are essential equipment to giving you longevity and protecting you. It just is. And, uh, you know, as you look at Steve further in his career, he ended up with a knee brace on both knees. And if you went back and asked him, would you have probably worn knee pads early in your career from day one? If you knew that was going to be the case later on, I bet you he'd tell you, yep, that was a mistake. The uh, You know, who else used to not wear knee pads was Cody. He never used to wear knee pads back in the day. Bet he's glad he started wearing them yep, now. Yeah, yeah, but that's right. And it very, it's a very different look, especially when we're used to watching wrestlers, most of them predominantly wear knee pads, but, but good catch there on the, on that. Well, it's just like wrestling boots. Guys that wrestle in high-top tennis shoes and that stuff, I'm just saying they are inviting a broken ankle, torn Achilles. Wrestling boots are there for a reason. Lace them up tight. And they will protect you. Same thing with knee pads. Well, Lauren, speaking of, uh, of injuries, Watts, he, as we saw here, gets this uh, submission on you. And this move, supposedly, well, part of the, the narrative here, causes the knee injury that keeps you off television for the next several months. Do you remember why uh, that you pitched this? Supposedly, you pitched this injury angle to Bill Watts as part of a program with Eric. Do you recall any of that and uh, what the conversation was? Well, because what we agreed to is I had about four months remaining, I think, on my uh, contract, full contract. Uh, if we did this angle, I was going to take off these months and then when my con new contract kicked in it was going to be exactly half two years half so how do you get a raise without getting a raise you do an injury angle and you sit home and you collect full money for that four months of time and by the time it spilled over into my new contract they already had another uh, boss, which I believe was Dusty came back. Mm -hmm. And uh, even though I was roped into the half of what I had been making for two years, I got a lot better treatment on television with Dusty. Yeah, no, uh, and listen, that's one thing that you could count on with Dusty taking care of uh, taking care of you when he was in charge. Well, he knew who his players were. That's it wasn't right. that I was getting a free ride. I earned his trust over the years, and uh, I must have worked with Dusty hundreds of times, and he knew what he had, and uh, he knew he could count on me to be a businessman always. 
Well, Lauren, we have uh, a few questions, uh, five total that we're going to run through and then wrap up this episode as we close out this week. We'll start with Dylan. He says, what does Arn think Barry Wyndham's ceiling was? I don't think he had one. Talk about his limitations. Yeah. Uh, if he had a weakness at all, it would, he wasn't the strongest promo guy. That was the only slight, uh, I wouldn't even call it weakness. It just wasn't up to par with his work and his look, I would guess. Nick Lenz says, uh, Arm, what was it like to get in the ring with the son of guys you work for? In this case, Dusty and Bill Watts. So what was that like for you to work with the second generation guys, guys you had worked with? Well, I mean... I never wrestled Bill, obviously. Um, and I think, and I, I felt bad for Eric in one capacity because if you get, this business is not easy. It's very difficult. And you have to get confident and you have to have a tool belt and you have to have a lot of things that you're comfortable with before you're thrown on national television. If the guy that's, that's using you is smart. If you get put out there too soon, wrestling fans are very, very critical, and they're very honest. And if they see something they don't like, they'll let you know. And if you go out and expose yourself sometimes, they'll turn on you, and you never get them back. Mm. That's for sure. Bobby, with the next question, he says, Arn, how does the creative process differ between 1992 and now as it relates to keeping kayfabe before the advent of the Internet and social media? Oh, well, you know the answer to that. It does, that no longer exists. Right. This is uh, entertainment. It is. I also believe um, if you're making a movie... And you get to that movie and you sit down and you know going in it's a movie and it's actors and that's the process. Um, if it's just rotten acting, you really feel cheated. But even though you know it's a movie, if the acting and it's well done and shot well and the story is good, for that two hours, you forget that you're in a movie. And when you leave there, I don't think you go back into that. Well, I know that, you know, story was great, but it still, it's just a movie. I don't think you fall back into that. You just leave there with the impression that, man, that was awesome. You know, Clint Eastwood, after one of his movies is over, you just go, you're thinking, you're walking back to the car and you go, what a badass he is. You don't go what a, what a great actor and what playing a great badass. You just go, he's a badass. And I think our business is the same way. You can go into the ring and for the next 20, 30 minutes, 10 minutes, whatever your allotted time is, you can change the way the audience is viewing being at a wrestling event. And when it's all said and done, you... If you're the one that they go, well, you know, I know it was all a show, but, man, those that one match or those two matches, those guys were knocking the piss out of each other. 
Mm-hmm. And if you're that guy and you're that match and that's always who you are, that's how you get over and you stay over. Mm. So good. Uh, our next, our buddy Bryant Haremza, he writes, by this time WCW was doing more pay-per-views and still doing the clashes as well. In Arn's opinion, had the clashes lost their luster at this point? I don't think so because they were free. You know, it's uh, it was just a question of, of or what was the content, you know, f- your Saturday show, 605 to 805, could either be a great show or it could be just an avenue to, to tell your stories and, and all that. But I think your Clash of Champions were supposed to be bigger matchups, top guys against top guys. And, you know, as long as the stories were good, I think the Clashes were, they were at a different level than your regular TV show. I uh, always enjoyed the clashes, man. And, uh, you know, as they continued to Brian's point, pay-per-views, a lot of saturation. Uh, but in the early days of the clash, it, it, it did. It felt special when those titles were, were clashing together and the lightning bolts were hitting and that music hit. Uh, finally, our hypothetical or what if, if you will, comes from a wrestling historian. He wants to know, how would you have ended the Dangerous Alliance? Thanks in advance. I wouldn't have. Yeah, no reason to. That could have been an easy two-year run without a lot of effort. They were, we were just never viewed as the stars. We were viewed as the star makers. And as you look at that group and how they turned out, you know, it's kind of foolish when you think in terms of those guys were just a group of guys thrown together to get everybody else over. And that's really what it was. And it was a huge mistake because look at how they turned out. Yeah. Imagine if they All imagine if we won. Imagine if we got a push. Imagine if we screwed guys every single week for a good solid year. Imagine how hot the company would Big be. Big time. Yeah. It was one of those things where we go, maybe the wrong guys went over. Yeah, maybe if you had consistency in vision and booking for that stable, man, what could have been? Well, Arn, listen, this is going to conclude our coverage for November 1992. Before we get out of here, listen, check out ArnLinks.com. That's where you're going to find our social media pages, our episode archives, and, of course, the links to the Arn and Four Horsemen merchandise stores. And if you're in need of a brand-new pair of shorts, consider the Horseman shorts. Man, it's so hot outside right now. And, uh, and you can rock a pair of those, plus all the T-shirts. Arn, I've been seeing T-shirts uh, flying off the shelves for the, for the stores lately. I'm so excited about that. We can't thank you so much enough, should I say, for the, for the support there. Um, but if you want a tumbler, a hat, a jacket, take advantage of it. Arn, I love the shirt you're wearing now. Established 1982, baby. Arn Anderson. And you got the tumbler right there as you're drinking out of the Horseman tumbler. Arn is the ultimate model. I'm wearing my FTR shirt today, but man, I know you love them too, but I love all the merch that you're sporting today. 
Give them so. a plug. I love those guys. Yeah, I love uh, I love me some FDR. Our next week, we're going to discuss Eric Watts in further detail. We're going to talk the injury angle. We're going to review the gas station brawl between you and Eric, Star K92, and the man they call Vader recapturing the world title and beginning arguably the best in-ring year of his career. Or at least that's what the research guy says. Uh, so, man, I can't wait for next week. Guys, listen, before we get out of here, if your business targets 25 to 54-year-old men, there's no better place than to advertise than right here with The Arn Show. You can go to advertisewitharn.com right now and find out more about advertising with us right here on the show. You've heard us do other ads for other shows for years because it works. We have a targeted demo and uh, very little waste. So check it out now, advertisewitharn.com. And then we want to make sure you check out AFS, ad-free shows. They're doing the free trial. You can sign up for a week, find at least a dozen of your favorite wrestling podcasts. So much content over there. Starts at just 9 bucks a month after that, and you can enjoy uh, so much of the content, as I said. Get a taste of what AFS is all about. Check it out now, adfreeshows.com. On behalf of the author, the superhero, the enforcer, Arn Anderson, this is Paul Bromwell. And man, Arn, thank you so much for doing the show with me this week. Thank you, buddy. We'll see you right back here next week on Arn. Hey guys, Eric Bischoff here to talk to you about my friends over at SaveWithConrad.com. Are you looking to get out of debt? Conrad and his team can make that happen faster than me firing the hockey talk man. Wow. And you know that controversy creates cash, right? Do you know what doesn't create cash? Credit card debt. Save with Conrad can help you consolidate high interest credit cards and all of your other debt into one low monthly payment. They can even help you get the cash you need for home improvements or anything else. They've helped 83 weeks listeners save 500, 600, 700, even $800 a month. Seriously, your papers are going to go down faster than nitro ratings in 2000. Ouch! And how about this? No house payments for two months. That's right, no house payments for two months. And unlike the dirt sheets, man, the reviews do not lie. With over 1,000 five-star reviews, find out for yourself how much Conrad and his team can save you by checking out savewithconrad.com today. You'll be grateful you did. NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lender. Woo! Hey, everybody. This is Dan Bespris, host of Fantasy NBA Today a daily fantasy basketball podcast. We cover every box score from every game every day. Plus bonus shows on buy low opportunities, players to stash, schedule analysis, and really anything you could need to smash your league into deliciously tiny pieces. Catch the Fantasy NBA Today podcast, part of the Believe Network, on YouTube or wherever you listen.